DJ and PK, we've been asking you, and you have been all over social media with it. What What's wrong with the Utah Jazz? Why have they lost five of the last seven? Why are they giving up 120 points in five of the last seven games? What happened to that elite defensive team? Well, let's talk about that now with the TV voice of the Utah Jazz, Craig Bullerjack. He joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Get an iPhone 11 when you activate a new line of service with a flex lease and eligible trade-in now through December 5. Visit the Sprint store nearest to you. Today's December 5, so this is it today, people. All right, Buller, good morning. Hey, David James. Bowler, the best kind of broadcast. You're on a local broadcast, and the good guys are getting drilled. Uh, you can't have more fun than that. Oh, my. Well, it's been that way. We've had uh, the Jets have had a rough road trip and a rough trip back home against the Lakers last night. And, uh, you know, you asked for the magic cure. I wish I could uh, answer it. Um, I think I point to turnovers to start with. Uh, out of sync defensively, no help. Um you know, and it's it just is right now. I think a lack of confidence. There's doubt, and once there's a doubt in a team in a locker room, and that's something that hasn't happened uh, for quite a while with this team led by Donovan and Gobert, then you kind of just scratch your head. Uh, I'm sure the next two days, DJ, is a good time to step back, and I'm sure management uh, and players will have an opportunity to kind of digest what's been going on because you got to fix it, bottom line, right? Plug the hole. And um, we'll see what happens. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a difficult time. Teams do go through it. Hopefully, though, it's not a sign that this team can't recover out of it. Uh, we've seen them play good basketball, but right now that's not the case. So in this case, how much do you think time can solve some of the problems? You know, hey, PK, how are you, man? Forgot you were, you're in Cali. Yes, absolutely, but looking good. All right, you Utah, Utah tomorrow night. Um, yep. You know, I, I don't know, DK. I, I, the Jazz haven't had much practice time uh, with the road trip as it was uh, over the last, you know, 10, 12 days. I, I, I don't know if it's time getting away from one another, taking a breath, uh, reset button, all the cliches you want to use. But I think it still does come down to some practice time. But also I think there's got to be some time together and discuss the issue or the issues, and whether that's Gobert and discussing health defense with teammates, whether that's understanding, uh, guys, why the ball seems to be out of the hands of those who are handling the ball, uh, and the turnovers just continue to pile up. And what, what really hurts about the turnovers, there's some turnovers that just happen, right? But these turnovers that are going on just seems to be sometimes unforced, but the defense has also put some tremendous pressure on the Jazz ball handlers. And they've had the ball taken away just multiple times. It seems like it's a flood of two or three at a time. And then you turn and you can't get back on defense and you give up easy points. And the runs, the runs are something that have really staggered the Jazz. And it comes in waves. They're not like, you know, 10-4 runs. These are 17-2, to 24-4 type runs. And when you get in trouble like that, night after night, uh, you just can't recover. And that's, I think that's what's facing the Jazz right now. Absolutely. So as much as it's some of the stuff about the way they're playing in that, how much of it is that there's an elite level of team separating themselves in the league, and the Jazz just ran into a bunch of them, and the Jazz aren't on that level. They're on the next level, pretty good teams 
but not the super elite. And if you look at the Lakers, the Clippers, the Bucks, uh, some people might say the Raptors or the Sixers. You could probably get a little argument on that. But they've seen all of those teams. How much mm-hmm. of it is they're going to play better in the next five games because they're going to see maybe one playoff team in the next five games? No, I, I think it's true. I think the Jazz did get buzzsawed by some of the best teams in the NBA. The Lakers, for example, played the second easiest schedule up until the point last night against the Jazz, and then I, they flip it. And now they're going to take on, you know, uh, the the ten, 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 their next ten games, including last night, are teams above 500. And the Lakers have had only two two games, I believe, with teams over 500 prior to that. So, you know, it does come in ways the way the schedule handles. And, yeah, the Jazzers should be set up for some victories and maybe the confidence, you know, is reestablished. It's, it's a great point. But, look. Harpering said it last night, you know, try to name the top five players in the league. Obviously, Antetokounmpo is one. We saw them. Malcolm Brogdon isn't in that category, but he's a, he's a terrific young player and a, and a beast at, at the guard line. In the guard line, uh, the Jazz had a rally to beat Memphis. Uh, then you had to Toronto where Pascal Siakam has taken over, you know, the face of the franchise after Kawhi left. And it's, just, it's a tremendous player. I mean, to see him really up close, uh, and really focus on his play without uh, Kawhi tells you just how good he is. And then you go to the very physical and big lineup of the Philadelphia 76ers, and then you come back last night, and Harpering said it, I thought, pretty well. When you break it down, wouldn't you agree LeBron and AD are two of the top five best players in the NBA as we speak, and you put them on the same team, and the Jazz just have not been able to handle the pressure defensively, which, again, their defense, and that's, again, part of the issue that's forced those turnovers, and the Jazz have, uh, have, uh, had paid, have paid sorely for it. So they say sometimes when guys are playing and not playing well, you know, maybe sit them down a little bit so they can see what's going on. Well, the injury with Conley, it's forcing that situation. It, can you see a way in maybe an indirect way this injury can benefit him because he has to sit out and watch and so when he mm-hmm. comes back, he can maybe have a better understanding of where he fits in? I think that's a, it's another good point, PK. Probably one that uh, Coin Snyder hopes will be uh, part of the answer. I think also during an injury, as he said to me last night, it's also his opportunity you know, for other players to say, hey, it's my turn. I'll step up and take this position, you know, like a Moutier, uh, Dante. Uh, that didn't really happen last night. Exum scored. Uh, all of two points last night and 13 minutes on the floor. Moutier uh, scored two points and all of 10 minutes on the floor. So no one really took, you know, took the reins and ran with it, which really is the opportunity that Quinn wanted somebody else to step up. But you know what he did instead? He, he shared the ball at the point with Joe and Donovan and tried to just, you know, try to survive. How long Conley's out? No guess at this point, day to day. And he'll have to make that decision, PK, whenever he's you know physically fit to come back on the floor. But right now, it seems to me like they're going to try to survive with a Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles point guard combo, point forward, um, and a two guard playing the point. So, um, not an easy time. And Conley has struggled as well. So that that also uh, kind of sets the alarm button as well. So, uh, PK's probably getting tired of me saying it, but I come in jazz game after jazz game and say, man, the bench is just giving up huge runs every time. The, the game can be in pretty good shape, and it just seems like the bench comes in, and all of a sudden they're looking at an 8- or 10-point deficit. And we've seen Quinn Snyder start to mess with the lineup a little bit, 
But the thing, PK, and I've hit on recently is how much should we be expecting out of the bench? There's four guys making $85 million bucks. If those guys aren't on the floor dominating, well, uh, it's not really surprising, is it? You're not paying these other guys. They're not the best players. You know, Donovan and maybe Royce O'Neal get production out of two guys who aren't making very much money. But uh, how much is of the bench issue is just the way the roster's been constructed and everyone's just going to have to learn to deal with it? Well, DJ, when you spend upwards of sixty plus million dollars for Mike Conley, you know the way the Jazz, you know, build their their payroll, you really don't have a lot left. And there were players that didn't want to come here and get better. Moutier was one. Um, you know, we know that uh, Jeff Green has moved around this league quite a bit, and I believe came in for just the veterans, you know, minimum uh, one year type of deal. And Tony Bradley's a young guy trying to work his way into the into the rotation. I think Dante is the one player, too, where the money was spent on that extension of, what, three years, 33, and you were rolling the dice hoping that he was going to be a part of the solution. But so far, as the Jazz said, coming back from the knee again, uh, how much time does it take to really rotate yourself back in and really feel like you can play this game at a high level? And it's tough to do it in seven or eight minutes a night. I get that. But... You know, I, I think all of that, you know, we're talking about multiple problems, uh, multiple concerns, which is a concern. It's just not one thing. Um, I will say this, on off- offensively, from what we saw on the road, I saw a lot of open, wide-open shots, and we talked about this last year, where, the, you know, some, some of the same team, obviously new faces, uh, but they're open shots that are missed. Um, the layup, the, the floater, uh, it just seems like that seems to be – uh, a, a shot that just has no legs to it whatsoever for Conley, for Donovan, and even for Joe Ingles. So there's things that are going to have to be reworked, rethought, and a, and a step back by the team and management to try to figure this out. And, you know, I wish I had all the answers, but those are just things you skim across and look at. And um, it really comes down to the players, right, to, to figure this out, with, with obviously Quinn's help in the front office, but they've got to work it out together. If you've got to go to a closed-door meeting and hash out some issues, so be it. Uh, if you got to get on the floor and hash them out, so be it. And I'm sure the Jazz, I know the Jazz, would obviously give them that opportunity to, to work out whatever those issues may be. But I think I think some practice time would help a lot. That's maybe the first step of all. I would be far more discouraged if there wasn't wins already in the bank or weren't wins in the bank over Philly and the Bucks. Now, I know Philly... Simmons came out. I think he only played like 10 minutes. I forget what the issue was, a cramp or something. But to me, you know, they've already got some wins that you can draw upon to know, all right, the talent and the ability is there. And this one here, this slump that they're in, losing, what, five out of six and getting smoked in most of the games, they would be far more discouraging if there wasn't already some positive things to point to. How much can they draw upon that saying, look, I mean, we've already proven that, you know, we can compete and compete fairly well. We just got to find a way to find that consistency. I thought they'd draw upon it last night against the Lakers and really see, you know, where they are. And look, I get it. You know, Matt Harpering tells you, again, as a former player in Big T as well, guys I work with, and you've talked to them, I mean, they all say that the first game back from a road trip is like another road game. So um, that's that's a probably a fact, but also you want to draw off the energy of, of, those, of the crowd last night. Then I looked around the crowd last night, and half the crowd was Laker fans. And so when the Jazz fell behind and 
and that run, as we keep talking about, occurs, you almost lose your home court feel, right? Because it becomes more of a, of a Laker home crowd because, you know, look, people follow LeBron, people follow AD, and, uh, you know, you're not that far from Los Angeles here, and so a lot of people have, you know, gravitated to the Lakers here in Salt Lake City. I get that. They're a hell of a team. Um, but you just had no energy to draw off last night, DK, and, and uh, I thought maybe they would kind of regain some confidence because of what you just said, knowing, hey, look, we've competed, and we're back home. And, yeah, we had a rough road trip, but uh, just, you know, the first six minutes wasn't bad. But then the, ran, the run came, and then it was like, oh, here we go again. And the avalanche, I think, of doubt, you know, hit the jazz once again. So, so talking to uh, a couple of the Laker uh, media, guys who used to work here, uh, Bill Orm and Kyle Goon were in the game, and they were saying that what happened uh, last night what is just it's just how it is on the road now now that yeah. bill, bill was talking about how he left to go take this job and cover the lake well not the job he's at now it was a different job he's he switched jobs but stay on the lakers beat down there moving uh from a paper to the athletic but he said that you know it's he's been there six years he, it was a perfectly just absolute wrong time to go cover the lakers he still has not covered a laker playoff game and he's in the seventh year Six straight years in the lottery. He's been there for all. What's going to happen this year, right? Right, exactly. But he said there have always been Laker fans on the road, but now it's off the charts. They're coming out of the woodwork because they know the team is good and they, and they sense something is coming. And Kyle said that even in New Orleans, which is, he says, you know, in Salt Lake, it's like you said, they're California transplants here, so you know they're going to be Laker fans. But he says in New Orleans, where they should have been mad about AD, he said there was a little booing. It could have been way worse. And then he said Laker chance started up, even in New Orleans. You know, it's... It's a national team. You don't have a team, and so you start pulling for a player you like, regardless right. of whether you've ever lived in the area or not. And LeBron's got right. fans who, you know, were Cav fans, were Heat fans, were Cav fans, and now they're Laker fans. So it's well, a weird thing. Well, look, LeBron's traveled the league, right? So he has multiple fans, East Coast, West Coast, and the Midwest. And, uh, look, the guy is uh, a phenomenal player, 46,000-plus minutes, you know, 17 years in the league. My God, my goodness. And I keep waiting for a slowdown, but he's a strong. You can't control him once he gets that first step and runs downhill. Forget it. It's a, it's a bull running right at you. And the guy is nimble. He can hit outside, inside, and plus leadership-wise. And now he has a compliment of, of Anthony Davis. Those two are good for 51 points a night. And that alone is, is, a, is a Herculean task to try to stop on a nightly basis, plus with confidence too, DJ. This team uh, has not lost since opening night on really their own floor. I mean, the Clippers and Lakers share Staples Center, but they lost there to the Clippers, and they haven't lost since, uh, so-called on the road, except for that that game at Staples Center uh, on opening night. That tells you a lot, that they've come together. That's the other part of this equation. I really thought, and I fell into this, I thought Mike Conley would make the transition much quicker from Memphis to the Jazz running the point. I just don't think the comfort has, has really found him yet, uh, and that's that's disturbing. Uh, but look how quick Anthony Davis and, and LeBron have been able to, to mesh and blend with McGee and Danny Green and even Kyle Kuzma and Rondo. And Dwight Howard plays better than I expected as well. He seems to have found a nice niche for him with LeBron and the Lakers and just what they need from him. He, he, he can easily give that to, to, to the Lakers. 
Craig Bowler, Jack, TV voice of the Utah Jazz. Joining us, Bowler, thanks for coming on. We'll talk to you again next week. All right, guys. Take care. See you soon.